Welcome everyone to Philip Coutinho's favourite football podcast, the Only Fans Football Podcast. On this week's pod, the lads discuss the ongoing situation in Sierra Leone. The lads chat about the things they'd do if they won the lotto. Also included is an AFCON-themed Hall of Fame and a New Year's resolution-themed Get It Out. We hope you enjoy the podcast wherever you're listening and be sure to check out our Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter and TikTok. Take it easy. This is going to get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Here's a slice of cheese, Minigaji, and Sopolis. I have a dream. Arnie Cut. Eh, the fella in the green and white short. The guy's up in the joy of us to be put back in the cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stug were that good. Hello everyone and welcome to the OnlyFans football podcast for the fans, by the fans. This episode is proudly called the Rafa Benitez. Adzi, anything to say? Um, yeah, the Rafa Benitez, I think it's only fitting for him. I think when um, when Ollie got sacked, we named it Donny van der Beek because I think Donny scored that weekend. So we could have named it like the Luca Dean or something, but Rafa. everything are playing on. We're so critical, what? aren't we? The like, name and episode of yeah. people that have been sacked. <laughs> like, fuck's sake. And, uh, we could have named the Luca Dean, but everything I played out the Villa this weekend, crap. So I think that's going to be the talking point. <laughs> oh, my bollocks is fucking we're awful people. But come here, crap. <laughs> How was your week? Quite eventful, lads. Quite eventful. I want to you... tell people where we are at the Minicron, actually. Oh, yeah, we're in our respective houses. As he's in the Plato Wad studio, I'm in the uh, Studio 250, site of where the podcast was supposed to be today, until last night, an event happened. Mm. And do you know what? It all started on Friday in Mimas, Adzi's favorite uh, destination to drink. And you know what? It, it was it was hopping, to be fair. it was It was a nice few drinks with the boys. And uh, listen, we had a great time. We had a great laugh. Left today, which is shite, but you know, is what it is. And then Saturday was in work, acting the bollocks. And then <laughs> we went, <laughs> we went, me, myself, and Philly went to do the lot, <laughs> as I'm sure we're <laughs> going to talk about in uh, the near future. But uh, we went down to Fisbury to do the lot. I went into today as local. Um, dodgy tickets being sold there. I don't know. I probably wouldn't have won even if I won. You know that way. It was like a bit of a yeah, yeah, yeah. scam. Oh man, they were just printing extra tickets just to get money. Last night, which was the final night of the story, I came home, played a bit of pro clubs, went downstairs, felt a bit nasally, did an antigen test, was positive. So I'm absolutely riddled at the moment, and that is why we are here in our respective destinations. Adzi, how was your week? Yeah, not bad, man. And just to veto this, by the way, real quick, 
I was really looking forward to this morning because it's a lovely morning and we were going to get um, against your best wishes we were going to get like a McDonald's breakfast oh no we were and it just it, yeah we were I just got to I just got to bully you into it but um, the toffee, la- toffee latte shout out to McDonald's for them because it's the only good thing out of the place but um, and the chicken nuggets sorry but um, yeah I had a grand week man to be honest it was um, just another quiet week this this um, dry January do you know what? I'm actually feeling the better for it, but um, you, you kind of do miss the social aspect of things in the sense of um, like you, you don't realize how much of your time you spend drinking until you're on your own <laughs> every weekend with Dave watching the football. And in fairness, it was a good weekend of football, which we will, of course, touch on. But um, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really do an awful lot this week. I, I had a lot of Mexican food for you, know. so I was out in um, the Swords Pavilions. And uh, there's some Mexican burrito bar out there that I've never seen in my life. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get a burrito. And they put black beans on instead of pinto beans, so it's quite a bit sour over that. Yeah, and then Dave Dave was off work on Saturday, a rare occasion. So it was like a little uh, mate day all day. We just went out on walks and we went to get um, We stumbled across a Mexican restaurant called El Grito, which for anyone listening is on Mountjoy Square. And you do need a booking for it, so... If you are gone, like try and book it in advance. But man, best burrito I've ever had in Dublin. Absolutely go it. Hundred percent go to it if if you're that way inclined towards burritos. But uh, yeah, good weekend was had. Watch the NFL. Watch a lot of the NFL. For any Americans listening, Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Cran, I know you're not too too fussed with it, but Buffalo um, Bills, yeah. man. Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen all the way. Better, than, better than his brother Joe Allen. Um, who famously played for Liverpool but uh, yeah not a bad week overall I watched a lot of AFCON as well which we'll touch on after a while Cran you said something there about the low and something went went down well last week the little icebreak we had about the darts walk-ons and I think it's a good way to start the podcast every week it's like a little something topical like let's let's uh, let's talk about the news and we don't want to be gloomy and gloomy because January is it's an awful time for most. It's just January blues kicking in or whatever. Mm. And speaking about Ireland in general, it's, it's been an awful week. The lotto came around on Saturday and it felt like every man, woman and dog had put the lotto on. So I put it to the only fans faithful to say, what would you do if you won the lotto? Wow. I'm, I'm just going over to this now, Cran. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I do. So Cran, what would you do if you won the lotto? my friend, before we touch on other people's ones, what would you do? Funny enough, we were actually having this discussion the night of the law in work. You know, it was so topical. It was so, the hype was there. I know what I do, Andy. I go straight on the sky scanner, book a flight to the Barbados and I'd order a pina colada when I arrived in the airport. And then I'd walk to the beach. It would take about two hours, but I'd walk to the beach <laughs> with my pina colada. I'd be happy out. <laughs> It's very like I mean, you haven't really thought long term, and anyways, you're definitely just taking short term there, aren't you? What's the point? What's the point, Ezzy? What's the point? Well, you I know, mean, Benitez uh, was thinking long term. He got sacked. Yeah, but Rafa was a secret agent. Like he's after getting a two and a half year payoff, so he is after winning the lotto in a sense. <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna I'm gonna say what other people would do with the money if they won the lotto before I say Minecraft. If that's alright. Yeah, go on. So as per usual, the only fans faithful. Coming in clutch, we have some sensible ones and we have some spoof ones. So I'll start off with the sensible one. Shout out to Nathan for this. So Nathan was like, 
Right, so to pay the mortgage, leave his job, invest his money, I suppose, in like real estate, because I mean, that's what I do. He said he'd travel long term. And Nathan, of course, his DJ said he'd buy loads of music equipment. And I think that's fairly sensible. We have Philly who says, geez, Philly's getting loads of clout this week. Philly says he'd buy out Harry Maguire's contract and sell the board <laughs> down. So, I mean, I don't really know how that would work because if you're buying out someone's contract, you can't sell them. So, Philly. What is it? <laughs> it's a fucking human trafficking job. Like, what you... <laughs> it's just selling Harry Maguire, selling Harry Maguire to person, not the footballer. Uh, we have we have Rory here. Rory goes, he'd quit his job and open up an Irish language and vinyl coffee shop in Stony Park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a cracker. And to be fair. If there isn't already one in Stony Bar, there probably will be by the end of the year. I'll, I'll end on this one from uh, the only fan faithful from Ian, and you, you'll get a giggle out of this. But he said, Give you whatever amount of money you need to get Eamon Dunphy on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Very selfish. Yeah, it's uh, like that to be fair to him. And just to end the little chat, I'm going to end with what I do. And to be honest with you, I think the lads put in some good shit there. And mine's quite mine's quite um reasonable, I suppose, in comparison. But I would um probably just invest in a lot of real estate and buy a lot of crypto. And I wouldn't tell anybody I won the lot. Like I'd keep it I'd keep a sh I'd donate to charity as well. And then I'd probably buy a stake in shelves, which probably wouldn't be I wouldn't imagine this. Well it probably is expensive, I don't know. The last thing I would do is uh, I'd buy a sign democracy short. From the man himself, like I would email, like I email him. Jesus, I'm not millennial. I would text him on Instagram, and I'd be like, "Dimock, what's the crack, mate? Just won ninety million on the euro, on the euro millions even. I'll give you whatever you want for a signed jersey, and you probably give me a pair of boots as well. But yeah, that's what I would do. If I was <laughs> oh God, everyone, it's a sad existence, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on now swiftly to the Premier League. The weekend was back. And there's a good few talking points to be fair. Right, so the Friday night football, Brighton won, Crystal Palace won, Cran. I know you're in Beamouts and you probably got home for the for the second half, I'd imagine, did you? Yeah. And it was the late, late show from Brighton again. It was a Joaquin Anderson own goal. And from Ryan Tuberty again, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Tumberty man I swear through all of COVID he just, he's just made it worse like the country's on its knees and he's like yeah we're on our fucking knees here like Jesus Ryan lighten up the mood will you bring in Tommy Turner oh, he's, he's a oh Tommy Turner's goat as well but um yeah moving on to another go Conor Gallagher <laughs> another goal for him another impressive performance what a he's, finish um, yeah, what? Well, and do you know what? I seen the goal there, and he couldn't have put, he couldn't have placed it better. Like it was the only part of the goal that he could have put it in for it to go in, and it was just, just a wonderful goal. Really, he's, he's a cracking player. Will we move on now to the Saturday games? The Saturday games, yeah, very interesting Saturday it was because mm, it was actually to be fair. It started with City Chelsea. Yeah, um, City at home in the I mean Etihad. Um, yeah, shout out to Jim Beglin. <laughs> did you see that video of Jim Beglin? Did he say it? Yeah, he did, no, he didn't mean it. He literally goes, um, I don't know what he said, but he was like, he called, he christened it the empty hat. 
which is obviously is a, is a popular meme, but uh, to hear a commentator say it's a bit bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit fucking disgraceful, isn't it? Oh, great. If you would, but uh, I mean, if the slipper fits. But uh, yeah, it was a 1 0 win for City. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, I was watching this game for the last half hour of it. And I thought, you, you know what? I watched the highlights back as well. I thought Kevin De Bruyne and City were excellent. Um, first of all, I thought they just played us off the park, dominated the game. Um, yeah. No doubt about it. Like they were, they were much better prepared. I think I said it in the chat as well. Sharpen was. Um, Sharpen was sharper I said but I, meant, <laughs> I meant Passing was sharper And dribbling yeah. was sharper Than Chelsea And they just played them Off the park They just looked better Organised Chelsea again Weren't aggressive enough And um, playing a five At the back formation When you're missing Your two main fullbacks You know Reese James Chilwell injured You're playing the likes Of yeah. Alonso Aspilicueta Who's on the legs mm. and do, you, do you know what man I really don't think The front three Deserve Any plaudits at all they were absolutely woeful in the game the Chelsea front three um, yeah I have I have written down here about Tuchel's selection actually um, I think in a game away at City when you want to be aggressive sorry for interrupting it when you want to be aggressive and you pick Ziyech and Pulisic I thought I was baffled by it now to be honest it was rubbish um, they were rubbish I thought Ziyech was particularly bad Pulisic oh, bad yeah. as well but Ziyech but there was one one stage you could play Lukaku in um, mm. And he he hit the ball so hard, the way the pass was so hard, it ended up straight mm. into the keeper's arms. Like, come on, he's an attacking midfielder, mm. and he's spraying it into the keeper's arms instead of playing the the way to pass that's desired. I don't think the service for Lukaku was good, and I don't no. think Lukaku was good as well. I think he's very arrogant, Um he walks around like he's he's holier than thou, but he doesn't do much on the pitch. The end of the game, he was shaking hands. He was doing the handshake with uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And I yeah. was absolutely human <clears throat> at that. Like yeah, a lot of people are. You lose one nil away to City in a crunch game, and you're you look happy about it. And that that just shows, you know, he's he's not worth he's not worth it. I'd sell him in the summer. I know that's yeah. very reactionary of me, um. But I get someone who actually wants to play for Chelsea mm-hmm. and wants to give their hundred percent and cares about the team rather than themselves. You know, I get Broja in or even Tammy Abraham back. Because I, I honestly yeah. think that's valued more than Lukaku going out there and giving a half hour's performance. But yeah, that's my my two takes on it anyway. Yeah, I think I, I actually just while you said Roger there real quick, I seen a story earlier that it looks like Southampton are going to be buying him. So yeah. that could be a bit of a good. That'd be a great sign. He's been great for Southampton. But uh, yeah, I think I think Tuchel's selection really was a bit of a model. Um, we've seen games with Tuchel and uh, Guardiola. The past year in a bit, and Tuchel's come out on top for the most part, like in the FA Cup semi final and the Champions League final, of course. And it's and even in the end, he had funny enough last season towards just before the semi final. I think the thing with Tuchel sometimes is he, he tries to spring a surprise on Pep, you know what I mean? He like I remember in the game against in the end, he had against City, I think he threw Alonso in out an hour, and I was like, Jesus, this is mad. And Alonso scored, of course, and Chelsea, Chelsea won, Gilmore played, yeah. you know. Champions League final, you know, I think that's probably Chelsea's best lineup to an extent. Um, and I, I just, I was baffled by Ziyech playing. Whatever about Pulisic, I am, I am a bit of a fan of Pulisic. I think when he, when he's on form, he's very, very, very good. Um, and he's proven it before for Chelsea. But 
the inclusions of the edge just baffled me. I think you have Mount, you have Werner, you have Havertz on the bench, and they're all they, they all have to be knocking on Tuchel's door. Going, why why aren't we playing? You know what I mean? I think in a game against City, you need to be aggressive. Um, and I just don't, I, I think Ziyech just he just pounces around as if he doesn't want to be there sometimes. Yeah. And he is a very graceful player. He is a very good player. But it just looked like he didn't want to be there. Um, just regarding City, they're just so good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're just they're just unplayable at times. And whatever about Chelsea being not being aggressive enough or whatever, I, I think the way City play kind of stops Chelsea playing as well to an extent. And mm-hmm. I just think City were just so much better on the day. Um, Rodri was excellent. Rodri, unbe- yeah, Rodri, unbelievable. I think for me, he was matchful enough. Mm. Um, but yeah, they were just they were just so good. Um, I actually thought Sarah for Chelsea against Sterling was very good as well. I thought he performed well. But look, at Chelsea missing a few players, the likes of Chilwell and James. But to be honest, I just think City are on a roll now. They're they're just they're just a juggernaut. And yeah, I, I don't think even the best of teams could get near them at the minute. Yeah, they're romping home. And just quickly on the point you made about the front three and Werner, Havertz and Mount knocking at the door. I think, you know what, those players on the pitch that day, Ziyech, Pulisic and Lukaku, if you look at City in comparison, they were very much more aggressive, very much more intense in the mm. press, pressing our back five all the time. Those players didn't work hard enough on that front three. I think the likes of Mount, Havertz, and Werner, if you're going to play a press and you want to beat City, Werner in behind the high line as well would have been perfect selection. Mm. But you know what? What's done is done. We move on. Wolves 3, Southampton 1. Kind of immediate thoughts. And when I say immediate thoughts, why are you only thinking about Ward Prowse's free kick? <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. What a free kick. What a hit. <laughs> Ward Prowse's free kick to make it 2-1 to Wolves and Southampton mm. still lose. But no, I think he's an, he's an absolutely excellent free kick taker. And even midfielder, I'd take him at Chelsea because he's, yeah. he's very creative. And even his set pieces alone are worth its weight in gold. You know, I think having that player to take set pieces every corner, every free kick, it's a big advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I think his free kick was honestly an unbelievable hit. Like you usually see with free kicks, he tends to hit it the near side over the wall with his foot. Yeah. This one he just he just smashed it to the opposite side of the keeper. And you could see Jose Sal was lining up for for that kind of near post kind of free kick in the sense where he shuffled across to his right. And as the ball's being hit on him, it just swerves, just swerves away from and uh, yeah, great, great hit. I actually he, think, um, he, um sorry, just to cut across there. I actually think Rafinha no, had a similar one. There the weekend didn't go in, but you know, that was a very good yeah. free kick as well. Was yeah, hit, hit the crossbar, yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and he gets he gets Dave Patnett. Um I'd have him at Liverpool. We we'll be watching any game of football and Dave will go, he's a great player. I'd have him at Liverpool. Any player, yeah. And James Ward Prowse gets that stamp of approval from Dave. But yeah, other than that, um good win for Wolves. I think scoring more than one goal in the game for Wolves is a big achievement. Um, it was Jimenez scored a penalty after I think it was Podence got absolutely spared out with jocks Connor Cody got a little scrappy goal there to make it 2-0 and then Adama Traore Cran, finally scores Adama Traore 
Look, we've touched on him before. He's, he's he's not a bad player, but he's not a good player either. He's kind of that in between. He's incredibly average. He that's that's, that's an overstatement, in my opinion. He's not incredibly average. <laughs> you know what? Well, we'll move on from that. Move on. Newcastle won. Watford won. Cran, what do you think? You know what? I was looking at the, the highlights of this game, and I have to say, despite the sign of Chris Wood and Kieran Trippier, <laughs> Newcastle still look fucking dreadful, man. They're awesome. <laughs> oh, man, they're so bad. They're, so, <laughs> they're relegated, man. They're relegated. I think them and Norwich are gone. Um, look, uh, we'll talk about Burnley real, real quick now. They have about six games in hand. I think they could be in trouble as well. But um, yeah, I think I think Newcastle are just dreadful, man. They're just shy, to be honest. I think St. Maxim's goal was lovely. Yeah. Um, jinx past one or two players, smashes it into the bottom corner, and that's when you look at Alan St. Maxim and you go, "That's very good." And you're like, "That that's what we need." But he'll he, what he'll do in the game is he'll do he'll dribble loads, and he won't like he won't pass it or he, or he'll shoot when it goes wide. But yeah. that one out of ten times that he does it and scores, it's like what a player. He is a very good player, but um, I think he's still very raw. You're, so, you're saying he should let the ball go quicker. Yeah, I think yeah. he just holds on to it too much. You know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I could imagine being a Newcastle fan and watching him and loving him and absolutely hating him all at one time. Yeah. I'd say it's very frustrating at times, but it was a great goal by him. And then the goal Wofford scored, Joe Pedro a header. Um, great cross from Kiko Firmina and yeah Watford won all the way away from home that's good result for them the big game of the Saturday Norwich 2 Everton 1 Cran I'm going to let you I'm going to let you lead here because if I start I won't stop <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough well oh, firstly I'll touch on Norwich because I know you want to say Everton but um, yeah I think Norwich in the game if you give them credit they looked a lot better um, from what I've seen, I thought Handley defended well. He had a good game. And I think Ida, especially Adam Ida, they were analysing on match of the day as well. And it's good to see an Irish player get a game and doing well. I was happy to see him make good runs and get goals and be the hold-up player that maybe Norwich needs. Yeah, he's a very good player, I think, from an Irish standpoint. If you're Stephen Kenny, you want to see him play more. And I think if, if, he, was to get, if he was to play more for Norwich and you know get the odd goal or whatever, It'd be great for Ireland, but I, I just don't think no, I just don't think hard to stay up, to be honest. I think themselves and Newcastle are, are dead in the war. Um but look at in saying that for Norwich to be beating Everton's it, it's a massive shock, like you know what I mean? It's very poor from Everton. We'll just move on because Rafa gets sacked and the Everton board are absolutely off their head. Just real quick about the Everton board, so um, Farhad Mashiri has been with Everton since February 2016 and since then they've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven managers six managers in Roberto Martinez Ronald Koeman Sam Allardyce Marco Silva Carlo Ancelotti and Rafa Benitez if you're an Everton fan you probably feel a bit hard done by with Carlo Ancelotti because started the season last season they were unbelievable and coming into this season you would have expected them to be moving on the likes of James, Calvert, Leon, McCarlison, you you would have been expecting a kind of a boom period from everything, a boomish period from everything. Obviously, 
Ancelotti goes to Real Madrid and they appoint Rafael Benitez, former Liverpool manager. It was a bad appointment, you know, to appoint an ex-Liverpool manager, ex-Chelsea manager as well, you know, but a Liverpool manager is held in such high regard by Liverpool fans. It was never going to go well. Um, but they've backed Rafa. They've backed him the whole time. You know, they gave him everything he wanted. After spending 30 million on two fullbacks for Benitez, Patterson of Rangers and Mikelenko, I think, of Dynamo Kiev is where they got him from. So they're definitely backing him. You know, Rafa, he got rid of the director of football. He got rid of the medical director at everything. Now they've sacked him. And to be honest, I'm not surprised they sacked him based off the results, based off Norwich beating everything, based off Brentford beating everything, based off losing 5-2 to Watford at home, Josh King hat-trick against everything, Liverpool beating everything 4-1 on aye, December aye. the 4th, my birthday. It's all built up to this. Mashiri cannot back Benitez the way he's backed him and then sack him. Rafa, Rafa's part of the problem, but Mashiri is the problem. And it's just incompetent owners and people who run in the club. You know, it's been well documented. I'm not a big fan of everything, but I do I do empathize with the because this is shocking. Yeah. Um it's awful. They've had cracking managers come in and leave, come and go, and it's it's mad like and look if you're an Everton fan, I don't really feel for you to be honest, but it is a tough time. And he came into everything in the shambles and he's left them much worse. And I just don't know where to go from here. I, I genuinely don't know where to go from here. Everton don't know the meaning of losing, so they'll be back, I suppose. One bright spot, I don't want to be giving Everton fans the January Blues as well, so I'll, I'll say this. One bright spot that has come from the Raf Benitez um, hiring is probably Anthony Gordon. I've watched him a few times yeah. and he, he's playing well, so it'll be interesting to see how he does, but he even could move on if the club's in a shambles, you know? That's what you'd be worried about. Yeah, like, I mean... Just the way the club's run, and it, it, look, it's it's not Rafa's fault. You know what I mean? It, it was a horrible, it was a horrible hand he was dealt. The likes of Mashiri and the investment he's made has, has been shocking, to be honest with you. And look, it, it's got to be a look. It's got to be a long rebuild for everything. And I said it, I said it last week, jokingly about Liverpool's FA Cup team that nine of the eleven weren't alive when um, Everton last won the trophy. Like that, that, that. The gap's only going to get bigger, you know what I mean? We move on. Absolutely. Aston Villa 2, Manchester United 2. The return of Felipe Coutinho to the Premier League, Cram. What do you think? I thought it was unbelievable. The, Im- the impact he made off the bench. Watching as a neutral. I know United fans would be fuming um, because they, Liverpool United, they sort of clash horns. <laughs> You know, so they'd be fuming that I'm saying just, just the odd time. <laughs> I thought Coutinho was absolutely phenomenal. The impact he made, especially coming back to yeah. the Premier League. And yeah. I think the first two goals, United were in complete control of the game with that Bruno uh, brace. They were in complete control of the game. And as soon as Coutinho came on, he was linking up brilliant with uh, Ramsey, I think. Yeah. Linking up brilliant with him. He's a young fellow who, who looks like a very promising player now. And if they can yeah, get. Yeah, he's good all season. If they can get them to linking up regularly, you know, mm. they they will be a threat. Um, so I thought he did well for the assist. Um, beautiful goal from Coutinho as well. Yeah, just touch on Jacob Ramsey and Coutinho there. Both with a goal and assist. So they both complemented each other very well. Um, yeah, 
he, he did look like he missed a step, did he, when he came on? He was a definite game changer. And I think United were, United weren't really on top for most of the game. I think there was a period in the first half just after they scored where Aston Villa couldn't get out of their half. But apart from that, I thought Aston Villa kind of dealt well with United. Mm. You know, Bruno, Bruno played unbelievably well um, for United up to a point. I think he was taken off, actually. Um, his first goal, touch of, you know, the football karma off it with the ball going through Martinez's legs. But um, the second goal was immense, off the bar and in. Yeah. You know, he is, on his day, Bruno, he is he is one of the best about. But, uh, yeah, great finish from him. But it's all about Coutinho, isn't it? I think he comes on and he just changes the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just everything. He was just proactive. He was aggressive. You know, he could have had a second goal, and I think it was actually Ramsey who uh, got in front of him for it. But, okay, good point for Villa. Um, and what I like about him as well is as soon as he comes in, I, I was watching his interview as well, and the attitude of him as well. Compared yeah. to likes of Lukaku, he's saying, I'm looking forward to working with these players, players like Ramsey and players that are here, yeah. these younger players. And that's something that I want from Lukaku. But yeah, it's annoying. Um, I feel I feel just from Coutinho he kind of we said it last week kind of lost his way at Barcelona he kind of lost confidence or whatever and I think under Stevie G I think Stevie G can light a fire on them and uh, Luca Dean as well actually I thought he played very well funny enough I could I, I was going to say about Luca Dean as well remember I said before he had a <laughs> he had a you'll never walk alone tattooed across his chest oh yeah and he, or his arm I think it is either his arm or his chest and he said he didn't support Liverpool and then the fourth sniff of playing under Stevie G left <laughs> I mean, we'll move oh, on to the Sunday changed, game da, 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 da. I'm not going to do it too much because you're, you're feeling under the weather so I don't want to irritate you more <laughs> my, my bones are literally aching that'll like, amplify it <laughs> <laughs> oh god what game do you want to start off with Fran? Um, I'd like to start with the um, with the two o'clock kickoff, the West Ham Leeds game. I thought this yeah. was a cracker, cracker Jack. Um, great game from Jack Harrison. I thought Leeds actually showed up for once. It was very surprising because they've they've been on and off all season, <clears throat> and maybe a few players at the back coming in. And Stroke and Cock were very good at the back. The first goal went in from Jack Harrison. I think it was it was a tap in, wasn't it? It was a. No, the, the first goal was, um, I think it was passed back from Madden Borshaw and he kind of curled in from Corner, was it? Oh, yeah. The second, the second goal was happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought he was excellent. It was nice to see him get a hat-trick um, in the right place at the right time. Luke A. Lynn got the header <laughs> from the corner and it was an easy tap-in for the second goal and then the third one. Good finish as well. Um, I thought, touch on West Ham quickly, Jared Bowen looked very good. And it'd be interesting yeah. to see now. He's been, he was good midweek as well. Um, yeah. Will he get an England call-up? Yeah, I think he's sitting on nine goals and eight assists this season in the Premier League for West Ham, which is very impressive. Um, he's a very good player. And I know I say I tend to say a lot, but Klopp was interested in him in a while ago during the summer. And I remember a lot of Liverpool fans going, oh, we don't want that, we don't want that. And that, that's fair enough. You know, you can have your opinion on players, but I think if... A player like Jared Bowen is gone and based on the form he's, he's in at the minute, I'd absolutely love him at Liverpool. Um, just to go back and lead real quick, the Leeds bench was great. I thought it was an unbelievable bench. And it really showed up Arsenal. It really showed them up for 
following yeah. the, the North London Derby. So the Leeds bench included a 15-year-old, four 19-year-olds, two 18-year-olds, a 21-year-old and Rodrigo. And two young players came on. It was Lewis Bay came over for show, went down with it. I think it was like a some sort of, some kind of strain. Um, and Lewis Bay was very good. You had uh, Leo Helge, who came on for fair, but what a name, by the way. And he was very impressive as well. And I just think it's a testament to Leeds. We talked about it a while ago. It was funny enough when they played Arsenal and they had nine senior players available. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's very good from Leeds. And yeah. Very impressive, and it's a good win. And Jack Harrison, again, I think we're talking about Jared Bowen getting a call up. I do think Harrison could be due a call up as well because he, he's a very good player, in my opinion. Maybe, maybe you think Leeds are safe, yeah? Um, it, it's hard to say. Like, I, I, I think the good thing for Leeds and Everton as well, funny enough, is that there's Burnley, Norwich, and Newcastle, <laughs> and I can't see any of them picking up many points, especially Burnley after losing Chris Wood. And see me, they're linked with Andy Carroll now, but Dice lost his wood. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the good thing for the likes of Everton and Leeds is there's significantly three worse teams than them. And I just think they'll pick up more points than they will. So yeah, I think I think Leeds, Leeds are probably safe, yeah. We move on to uh Liverpool versus Brentford. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Liverpool three, Brentford nil, Sunday kickoff, two o'clock as well. I'd say Sky Refuman that was on it too, so they couldn't they, they only had one game to show. Yeah. But um the goals came from Fabinho, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Kimi Minamino. I thought Brentford were very poor. They um, didn't create an awful lot. The only kind of half chance they had was when Matt misplaced the pass and Tony took a shot from like 30 yards out and skimmed the post. Actually, they had a good chance in the second half as well. And Wemo dispossessed. Cordish Jones went in and hit it wide. But other than that, they kind of lacked real threat going forward. Oxley Chamberlain, you texted me last night crying saying, Jesus, the Oxley called yesterday. Ah, it's a bit of a, an anomaly. It's very easy for matches eh, to pull up a little highlight package, yeah. <laughs> a little 30 second highlights. And like, he played very well. But when you're actually looking at the game, he was very selfless off the ball and did a lot of running in behind. And, you know, even when he wasn't getting the pass, he was still doing it. But, oh, I don't know. I just, I just don't think he's good enough. And it sounds awful. I do like him. Good win overall for Liverpool, I think, 3 0 at home to Brentford. If you had offered me that before the game started, I'd have uh, bit your hand off. But yeah, good win. I still think we're missing Thiago in the midfield. We're missing someone to set the tempo. But um, I think when Salah and Mane come back, and even Origi, I think we'll be firing again. But yeah, delighted with the win, 3 0 Liverpool. Yeah, so City finished the game week nine points ahead of Liverpool, 13 ahead of Chelsea. They look unstoppable, Adzi. I think you'd agree. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, happened absolutely. for the second straight year. Our goal of the week. There's only one, surely, isn't there? There's only one goal. JWP. Yeah, absolutely. James Ward-Prowse's free kick. Um, it was just unbelievable. To be honest, it was, it was very good. Our God of the week. I'm going to give my God of the week to Agent Rafa Benitez. Oh, my God. For leaving er- er- everything in the state that he's left them in. <laughs> I'm going to give my God of the week to uh, Jared Bowen. I think yeah, he was excellent sure. in the two games he played this week. Um, we if I'm on. to give a serious God of the week, sorry, if I'm to give a serious God of the week, I'll give it to Jack Harris because I do really rain. Right. He's a good player. I've always said it to him. I, I, um, I do like him.
This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. And our cod of the week this week is... Farhad Mashiri. Everton bored. Put Everton into a shit position and it's, it's all down to Farhad Mashiri. Uh, he's just such an incompetent owner and the, the reason why Everton are so poisonous at the minute is, is down to him really and I think Rafa, look at we said it earlier, thanks for the memories. But I, I think deeper root problem is with Mashiri and the Everton board. So, yeah, that's why Mashiri, who gave Rafa all the back in the world, and then sacked him, is our cut of the week. <laughs> Moving on now to our AFCON team Hall of Fame crown. And I say that because we we both picked Afcon submissions this week. So do you want to do you want to give your Hall of Fame submission, or will I do a, a quick rundown of the Afcon? Adzi, I'm going to give it to the referee from the Mali Tunisia game. What a man! You know, he wanted a few bob, and he blew up the game five minutes early. It's great to see. It was it was an unbelievable game. So essentially, <laughs> it was absolute chaos. So. The VAR review gives for a penalty, and the referee gives it, and the penalty's missed. He blows up then at 85 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> to which everyone goes, "Hold on, what the fuck is going on?" He restarts the game and then ends the game. <laughs> restarts the game, right? And the player gets sent off. The VAR says no to him, and he still sends the player off. <laughs> and then he blows for full time at 89 minutes. <laughs> Tunisia of course got mad because they lost 1-0 and then the referee was like we will resume play and all the players were like no this is like three minutes left so yeah good shout this week Ron. a great referee that defied the laws of the game what a man <laughs> <laughs> you're a Hall of Fame oh God. funnily enough the reason given as to why the referee blew the whistle early was because he was suffering from sunstroke seemingly <laughs> I'm going to give my Hall of Fame Crown this week to one Stephen Colker of Sierra Leone. An ongoing narrative. Just for anyone who's been watching AFCON, and I know we've been kind of looking at it, um, Sierra Leone have been kind of the, the team of the tournament so far. They've been unbeaten against Algeria, who of course are the reigning champions, and a two all draw yesterday with Ori Coast, which was probably a bit controversial. So Sangar, the keeper, kind of fucked the game away. The ball was hooped up to him. And I don't know, whichever way he took the ball, he fell on, on top of the ball, threw the ball out to, to none other than Stephen Colker, who passed the ball in. And Sierra Leone scored a great assist from Stephen Colker and a great performance in the first game against Algeria, keeping nil all himself and, and um, Kamara in goal. The goalkeeper made seven saves for Sierra Leone against Algeria. And then, of course, Stephen Calker's assist against Ivory Coast was very good. And yeah, Afcon's been very good, man. Very enjoyable. The pitch was awful, though. It was like watching, you know, the over 90s football in Father's Head. And it's like. It was just bubbling all around the place. It was it was a terrible. I feel bad for the players because I know some of the some of the pitches at Afcon are really in really good nick. And yeah, that game specifically was played on that bad pitch. I don't know where it is exactly in Cameroon, but I know it's yeah. affected a couple of teams now. I think the Algeria game as well was affected by yeah. that pitch. 
Yeah, and Shona you know is it, Algeria have kind of been the team who have been like really underwhelmed in this tournament. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you're saying, but our friends over in um, Equatorial Guinea beat Algeria one 0 and that ended Algeria's 35 game unbeaten run. 39 months, the rain, the the kind of unbeaten run lasted. So Algeria been poor, and yeah, I mean some of the pitches aren't been great, Nick, but it's still been very good. Um, Cameroon are top of their group in Group A with six points. Vincent Abubakar with four goals so far. They've been immense. Um, Shout out to Pico Lopez as well of Shamrock Rovers. Cape Verde find themselves on three points at the minute. We move on to Group B, which has Guinea on four points, Senegal also on four points, Malawi on three, Zimbabwe on zero. Nabi Keita has won two man of the matches in a row for Guinea. He's been very impressive. And um, just looking at Senegal briefly, they're struggling to score, but they also haven't conceded. So, I mean, they, they're doing all right, I suppose. They, they haven't been hitting that kind of form that people thought they would. Group C, real quick, we, we, um, Morocco find themselves on six points, a 1 0 win against Ghana, and a 2 0 win against Comoros. Again, they haven't conceded yet, so they've been on, they've been on good form. Ghana have been very poor, which is a bit shocking, but it is what it is. Group D sees Nigeria on six points at the minute. They've been immense so far. They've been one of the better teams. I think they'll probably get to the final. They've been that good. Uh, Moses Simon of Nantes has been very impressive. Our two boys, Kelechi and Nacho. And Toyo Awani have been very good as well. They both have been scoring for Nigeria. And then Egypt, Mo Salah got off the mark against Guinea-Bissau. And you fancy Egypt and Nigeria to go through. Group F sees Gambia on four points, Mali on four points, Tunisia on three. Um, Tunisia feeling quite aggrieved, I suppose, with the game against Mali, but we've gone through that. So, yeah, that's our AFCON kind of roundup real quick. To tie in with the Hall of Fame, my Hall of Fame this week is Stephen Calgar of Sierra Leone. Cran, yeah, your Hall of Fame, Fame is? is the referee from Mali versus Tunisia. Yeah, great show, great show. <laughs> Moving on now, Cran, to Euro Treasure and Euro Trash. Cran, hit me with your Euro Trash, baby. Joan Jordan hit on head with Paul in Sevilla Derby. Oh, oh fuck yeah, man! So, I've seen that. Yeah. Betis were playing Sevilla. I've been there myself. I actually, I, I do like Betis more than Sevilla. The night of the game, I think it was played on a Saturday night. I was watching it. And then next thing you know, I wake up on Sunday, it's still being played. I'm like, this is not speed long of time football ever. But then <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up a bit further and Joan Jordan of Sevilla was hit brutally by a 20 uh, centimeter pole on the face. This is oh, des- despicable behaviour by the Real Betis yeah. fans. Um, yeah. Like, we've talked about it before, and the fans are great for the game, whatever. You know, we we missed them uh, after COVID. But when shit like this is happening, it, it proves that uh, there are bad parts of the fans as well. And what yeah. they did to your man is, is terrible. Um, and of course, no justice, sir. Betis still won the game 2-1. I know we're after being giggling at it, but... Um... I do think it's something that's not acceptable. Like, you know what I mean? I think you're going to a game of football to follow the game, you know what I mean? Not to abuse players, but uh, yeah, such is, such is what happens, you know? Anyway, you're a Euro trash, Adzi. My Euro trash also comes from the league that shall not be named. And more so, the Spanish Super Cup being played in Saudi Arabia. I think it's, it kind of desanitizes the game. You know what I mean? It's, it's, mm. it's something that you don't really want to see you know, 
Raul Garcia, who's playing for Athletic Bilbao, came out this week and said um, something that I completely agree with. So he goes, maybe I'm old school, but football has changed and the fans have been forgotten. It's kind of <laughs> kind of contradicts what you were saying, but whatever. <laughs> football now is all about making money and finding sponsors. We are forgetting the basics, the atmospheres, the families. I do that. That's it now. I do, I do agree with Raul Garcia. I think so. My Euro treasure Eddie, comes yeah. from. A 5-1 Dortmund win versus Freiburg. Ooh. Dortmund, back in the title race. I know I say I say that with hesitation because Bayern are going to win it. But they're six points behind now again. Um, Erling Haaland with two goals. And I think Haaland's talked about, or t- he's uh, touted greatly by, he's scoring lots yeah. of goals again. Um, but he's, he's banging them in for Dortmund, another 5-1 win. And when they're with him, they look good. Yeah, not, naturally enough, when you have one of the best players in the world coming into the fold, you're going to perform that bit better. And they definitely did miss him when he was gone. Yeah, he's, he's such, a, such a great player. Um, there's no other way to describe it. There's no sugarcoating it. He is one of the best players in the world at the minute. And yeah, I, I do think a move is probably on the cards in the summer. But my Euro treasure crown, I haven't, I haven't looked too far and wide for this, but this is kind of this is kind of fan service. I want to say this because one of one of our loyal listeners, Jer, is a big fan of Nanny. And I mean the footballer now, not not an elderly person. But he's a big fan of Nanny. Um, I'm a big fan of Manchester Nanny. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nanny. <laughs> Nanny of um, Venezia came to Serie A last week, made the move from the MLS to Serie A. Um, we all know how good Manny is. He's a very talented footballer, and um, mm. comes in. He he was on the pitch for thirty seconds, and he made an assist. So it just shows the impact a player like him can have yeah. for a team like Venezia, who coming into the Serie A they haven't been too good this season, but they are a very they are a decent team. You know what I mean? I do think they'll probably stay up. But the best thing about Venezia, man, is their jersey, their home kit, black. Gold, green, and orange. Wow. Man, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable piece of kit. But yeah, my your treasure this week is Nanny's assist for Venezia. Get it out. Get it out. Yeah, get it out this week. Thanks for all the shouts, as per usual. We really do appreciate um, all the interaction online. It really does. It's good for us. It makes us want to do the podcast, essentially. But um, yeah, get it out this week, Cram. We're going to go with something. What's the word? New Year's resolutions? Oh, yeah. Instead of resolutions, we're going to call it New Year's predictions. We're only going to do three. Do you want to take third one? Your fourth one? I'll go, I'll go with this. Um, do you know Vlahovic of Fiorentina knocking on 20 goals again this season after last season when he had 20 goals? I'm going yeah. to go for him to move to Arsenal. Might be a bold show. Yeah, he's kind of playing a bit coy with them at the minute, isn't he? He's kind of playing hard to get. But yeah, not, we not all know sure. how that feels. <laughs> a moment of silence. A moment of silence for that. <laughs> uh, my my first prediction, Cran, for twenty twenty two is that West Ham United are gonna get Champions League football. Wow. Big show. I think I really think they will, man. I'm looking at the table here. Play twenty two, thirty seven points, Arsenal play twenty on thirty five. Spurs have four games in hand and are four points behind last time. So, 
I am a firm believer of points on the board is better than games than games not played. So I do think that. I, I, I don't know. I just think West Ham are going to get Champions League football this year. I think the loss at Leeds yesterday, loss at home to Leeds yesterday is a bit sour. But it, it's a strange it's a strange thing. That game yesterday was one of the first games I've watched where you literally cannot talk bad about either side because both mm-hmm. sides played very well. I don't think any... I don't think either sets of support will be too disappointed by it. But yeah, I think, I think West Ham will be playing Champions League football this next season. Number two, Cron, do you want to give me a second prediction for 2022? My second prediction is Burnley to finish mid-table, Adi. I really do think the sign that Andy Carroll will galvanise Burnley into, <laughs> <laughs> into 11th or 10th position. They have five games in hand now. They have 21 games to turn the ship, Adi. 21 games to turn around. And you know what? They've had all the rest in the world. So I'm expecting Burnley to come out. And do you know what will be at, at the helm of it all? The man, the myth, the legend, Maxwell Corner. I'm expecting oh, the yeah, things true. from him um, when he comes back from AFCON. And look, you wouldn't be surprised to see Andy Carroll get a 10-goal season this season. I'm on crack. <laughs> um, I think I think we have to shout out Andy Carroll's two offside goals last week, by the way. Real quick, <laughs> I hope the full of he scored two of the best goals that he probably ever scored in his life. One was an overhead kick, ruled out offside, and the second was a volley from about I think about thirty yards out, and I went straight into the net. And again, he was offside. So, um, I'll be honest with you, Graham. I, I think I think the reason why Born, all of Bournemouth's games are being postponed is because no one cares about Bournemouth, oh, and I just God. think they're going to get relegated. <laughs> what a horrible thought. Um, you lost me at galvanised I'll be honest when you said galvanised I can only think of the count covers Bernie going to do well this season you heard it here first you Adzi if Andy if Andy Carroll comes in and does well for Bernie I will fucking I'll take you out to dinner I'll take you to a night meme out to dinner baby yeah my second prediction for 2022 is that a League of Ireland club will successfully reach the group stage of a European competition crown. I mean, it's not far out of the question. When you're talking about that, I presume you're just going to talk about Rovers because I can't see any other team reaching with their level of funding. I think one of them, Derry have a lot of backing this season. And by the way, the League of Ireland's only around the corner. I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for it. But um, Derry have a lot of backing. You know what I mean? And I, I'm pretty sure it's Derry's in Europe. I could be completely wrong here. But I think if Derry with the backing that they have, I think they could potentially get to a group stage of a European competition. I think Rovers' is, is set up is, you know what I mean, I think they have one of the best teams potentially in League of Ireland history with like the Graham Borg, Dan Mandrew, Jack Bourne coming back. Whatever the European competition may be, I do think they'll be in the group stage of it come the new season. Fran, your final prediction for 2022. The Guitar World Cup 2022, the USA will get to the semi-finals. You've definitely just timed that out of your arse, have you? Yeah, I did grab it out of my arse, but I do believe it. I do believe that they do have some good squad depth in there. Do you know what I believe, Cram? What? I believe that we will win. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> What's the sound then? <laughs> oh, man, you set me up there greatly. Thank you. But yeah, do you know what? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Barbecue. <laughs> Barbecue, <laughs> barbecue. <laughs> I think you know. I do think. I do think the Americans have got a good side, and even even the the young player that plays for Dortmund, Gio Reyna, 
Yeah. He's an exceptional footballer as well. So Winston McKenney. Yeah, I mean yeah, Weston McKenney he's, he's the image of the weekend, isn't he? Yeah, they could they could go far. You know what I mean? I mean I don't think they will, but they, they definitely have potential. And scrap the World Cup twenty twenty two away from them. Get rid of Qatar. My final prediction for twenty twenty two Cran is another all English final in the Champions League. It could be Liverpool and Man City in the final. And I, I, I've said it on the podcast before, I have got money on Ajax to win it, but mm. I think it's Man City. I think Man City are going to win Champions League this season. They're unstoppable. And I think Liverpool's European pedigree will probably get them to the final. And look, when you get to the final, it's anyone's game. I do think it'll be an all-English final. I do think it'll be Liverpool and Man City in the final. Champions League this year. That's it, Adi. We named them off the bat again. Oh. Yeah, so my three predictions is West Ham to get European football, a League of Ireland club to reach the group stage of the European competition, and Liverpool versus Man City in the Champions League form. And my three predictions, a bit unrealistic. Blahovic to Arsenal is number three. Second is Burnley mid-table to finish, and Andy Carroll to get 10 goals. And then the first <laughs> one is USA to the semi-finals of the World Series, baby. <laughs> Let's play ball <laughs> Baseball <laughs> This is football No it's not It's baseball man oh, Shout God. out to all our American listeners <laughs> That's our get out for this week Ladies and gentlemen Continue to put your suggestions In the suggestion box on Instagram <laughs> So at the end to a beautiful Another beautiful episode of the OnlyFans Football Podcast Brought to you by Zoom, sadly, as sadly. I, I am riddled. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And make sure to follow our TikTok as he's posting regularly on there. Instagram, mm. Gomalig as well. Spotify, YouTube, Twitter. We're on it all. Give us a listen. Yeah. Give us a follow. Give us a share. Yeah, and just a final note. I hope everyone's keeping well. I know the January Blues is kind of kicking in now, but we're nearly at February. It's been a tough time for a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people find January a tough month to deal with. But, okay, if we can make one person smile by listening to the podcast, and that's our job done. Hope everyone stays well, stay safe. Tell your ma you love her. And, yeah, we'll leave it there, so. We'll leave it there, so.